This week, the Los Angeles City Council made national headlines for all the wrong reasons. In the wake of that explosive leaked audio that we've been talking about all morning long, there were several racist comments in that conversation where you did hear the council president talking to two other council members. A leaked recording of racist comments resulting in the Los Angeles City Council president's resignation also provides a look into City Hall's racial rivalries. In a closed-door meeting, City Council President Nuri Martinez made racist and disparaging remarks about colleagues to fellow council members Kevin De Leon, Gil Cedillo, and a well-known labor leader. They were trying to figure out a way to draw city council districts in order to keep and expand Latino political power, but the conversation quickly devolves into crass and vulgar comments about Oaxacans in Koreatown, anti-Blackness, Armenians, Jews, and even more revolting language pointed at city councilman Mike Bonin's son, who's Black. This white guy with the little black kid who's misbehaved. Este niño has no, he's, they're not doing that. Yeah, no, they're not doing, the kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the floor, practically tipping it over. The conversation happened back in October 2021, but this recording wasn't released until just a few weeks ago when it appeared on Reddit. The political fallout over the leaked audio has been swift. Nuri Martinez has resigned now as president of the L.A. City Council after making racist remarks. So she has resigned from this very powerful position, but it is important to point out that she is still a member of the city council, at least at this point. But some say Martinez's resignation from her leadership post isn't even close to being enough. The chorus of people calling for all three council members to step down from the Los Angeles City Council completely even includes President Biden. And it just keeps getting louder and louder. Shame on all of you. You work for the people. We pay your salaries. Don't ever forget it. I'm Gustavo Ariano. You're listening to The Times, essential news from the LA Times. It's Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Today, how an audio leak upended LA politics a month before a critical election and cast an uncomfortable spotlight on racism in City Hall. My LA Times colleague, Ben Oreskes, has been working on this story along with some of our other colleagues. Ben, welcome to the Times. Hey, man. How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. Thanks for asking. Hope you're good, too, man. A lot of work right now, you know? So we heard some of what was discussed on this tape, but what are some of the other lowlights and the context behind all of this? The best way I can think about it, it's that sense that you know there's a smoke-filled room where they're making these choices, and you know that it's this incredibly crass way that they often think about things. But this is that moment where we get to see and hear and almost feel like smell what is happening inside of that room. If you want to cut a deal and if you want to, if, if you want to make like boss moves, I would go after the airport. Go get the airport from his little brother, mm-hmm. that little bitch bonnet. All of this is being had in the context of just 
the politics of that moment. That was last year in October, almost exactly a year ago. Councilman Mark Ridley Thomas had just been indicted. They're in the midst of this huge fight over redistricting, and they're all meeting together inside the L.A. County Federation of Labor. And what we hear is a discussion of redistricting and a whole lot else. I get what we have to do, right? Just massage to create districts that benefit you all yep. right? and the future. Yep. But we got to figure out Mark's seat, too. Mm-hmm. If, if the African-Americans look at this, now that he might or may not be suspended, I don't know what's going to happen. And obviously, there are just all of these terribly racist and politically incendiary things said by Nuri Martinez, former council president, and now former council president, council members Kevin DeLeon and Gil Cedillo, along with the head of the L.A. County Federation of Labor, Ron Herrera. But there's also this conversation about politics in the city. And so you have these observations being made. And then on top of them, you have these incredibly racist remarks about Mike Bonin's son, who is black. I go, I go, what is with the bon- what's with Bonin? I said, Bonin thinks he's black. That guy don't think he's black. He thinks he's black. It's I call the same thing. It's Basically, we hear uh, Nuri Martinez use a Spanish term calling him a little monkey. The kid is bouncing off the effing walls on the floor, practically tipping it over. There's nothing you can do to control him. We're all looking at each other because we're the three women on the floor. Like, this kid's going to tip us over because yeah. he's literally hanging on the rails. Well, you can't let him, let him off because the, the, the spectators will beat his ass. Yeah. So, they're raising him like a little white kid, which I was like, this kid needs a beat down. Like, let me let me take him around the corner and then I'll bring him back. Yeah. It's a pinch. So anyways, getting back to redistricting. And then also hearing them sort of talk about this kid as if he were a political prop. And one member, Kevin DeLeon, sort of comparing him to one of Nuri's handbags. It's an accessory. When we do the MRK parade. And then when Nuri brings her little yard bag or the the Louis Vuitton bag, (laughs) and buys That whole conversation kind of makes your eyes pop out of your head, considering this is a person who they have vehement political disagreements with, to be clear, and don't even like him personally, I, I can tell you. But his son? It's crazy. Yeah, he was just a toddler at the time. And so you mentioned that the conversation happened a year ago, and we're obviously just learning about it when the Times broke the story over this past weekend. But what do we know about how it was recorded and who leaked it? Well, we don't know a whole lot, frankly. We know it was posted on Reddit and then taken down. We don't know the Reddit user's name. The L.A. County Federation of Labor sent us a letter early Sunday morning saying this conversation was recorded, quote, in violation of California's privacy and recording laws on L.A. County Federation of Labor property, unquote. And if we published it, quote, it is condoning this legal contact. Obviously, we thought that was a you know, ridiculous argument <laughs> and went with it. But what we do know is that it's clear that the person who had initially posted it has some gripes with the labor movement in the city. They posted in their original message, quote, the labor movement is in bed with City Hall. You know what happens, but when you actually hear it, it's unbelievable. I think we all sort of had a similar feeling. But yeah, so that is where much of our reporting now is taking us. We're digging into this. But we know that it occurred 
about exactly a year ago. Nuri Martinez, ex-president of LA City Council, her comments are what's drawing the most attention. But who is she? What's her story? She's a fascinating character. She is a child of the San Fernando Valley, and not just the San Fernando Valley, but the Northeast San Fernando Valley, which it's one of the poorest parts of the city. And it's an area that has transformed over the last 30, 40 years. I actually had lunch with Nuri a week ago Saturday before this tape came out in her neck of the woods at a Mexican restaurant. We had micheladas together. And we were there because Nuri had been a big endorser of the mayoral candidate, Karen Bass. And I was out there to talk to her about why so many people in her district were supporting Rick Caruso. But in the course of that conversation, I also got a real insight into her. I learned about her family. She's the child of immigrants, both of whom came to America in the 70s. Her father was deported the year she was born and snuck back in, came back into America. Nuri is a member of a very powerful sort of political machine that includes Senator Alex Padilla, Luz Rivas, Tony Cardenas. Many of them went to high school together at San Fernando High, but they are all very connected to the unions. She worked in activism, particularly in environmental activism. She was later a member of the school board. And then in, I think it was 2013, is elected to the city council, becoming city council president in 2020. Her whole worldview is shaped by where she is from and who she is. So much about her personality is about the sense that her communities, working class communities are forgotten and that white people don't pay attention to them and they are not part of the conversation nor the policy considerations of the city. And we saw that most in how she talked about homelessness as something that was afflicting communities of color. I just think that that is such a good insight into her worldview. And what about the other people who were in the recording? Uh, Council members Gil Cedillo and also Kevin DeLeon and L.A. County Labor Fed President Ron Herrera. What should we know about them and what were they saying most of the time? Kevin DeLeon, former mayoral candidate, lost in the primary, former state Senate pro tem and and, uh, ran against Dianne Feinstein in the Senate race, had been a very left of center Democrat, ran for mayor and lost, but very powerful figure in the city and state. Many thought he would run for a different statewide office in the future. Gil Cedillo, a former labor leader, had represented much of Westlake area and Highland Park along with Chinatown. He actually lost his primary in June. And that is sort of interesting because it's discussed and they really underestimate his opponent. And we sort of hear them talking and they go, who is that person? Speaking of Eunice Hernandez, who kind of spanked him in that primary. Also interesting about Cedillo is he had recently endorsed Rick Caruso, sort of was one of the few elected leaders and one of the few Latinos to back Caruso's candidacy. And then finally, there's Ron Herrera, who ran the L.A. County Federation of Labor until he stepped down over all of this earlier this week. And he's arguably the most powerful of all of these people. Uh, He runs like sort of one of the largest sort of umbrella groups of unions in the city. He is someone who has a huge amount of political power. And a lot of that political power is born out of the money that the county fed will put to back outside groups who are supporting candidates. So we have seen them be huge backers of the mayoral candidate, Karen Bass. And this support takes the shape in one money for ads, but also quite literally getting and coordinating carpenters or nurses to go out and knock on doors. And much of that political organization and know-how is stems from the unions in our city. Yeah, Herrera just resigned as president of the LA Labor Federation. 
And there's a lot of outrage and disgust. But what about the political fallout? What else is there? You mentioned Nuri resigning from being council president. But what else? I think even I was surprised how on Sunday three members of the city council called for her to step down. But by Monday and Tuesday, that number just started ballooning really quickly, and people started demanding everyone involved to step down. Not just Nuri, but all three of the city council members and the labor leader. I've kind of lost track, frankly. The people we've heard from, you know, President Biden, senators, the mayor, support for these folks is evaporating with each hour, and it's a fast-moving situation. The city is in a state of crisis as a result of this. Certainly our governing institutions are. People are in shock. These are all brash political figures, but I don't think people saw them necessarily as racist and certainly did not expect to hear them talking about one of their colleagues as kids. And it's really causing a lot of soul searching, I think, among elected officials, staffers, activist organizations. Coming up after the break, how the leak gave people an inside look into an important but frequently ignored part of politics, redistricting. Ben, the leaked audio, I mean, there's a lot of it, but ultimately the conversation was all about how to strategize about how to draw new council districts in Los Angeles so what is the process for redistricting in L.A. and why is it such a contentious issue? Yeah, so last year, a redistricting commission was brought together. I believe it had 21 members and each council member got to appoint someone to this commission. And the goal of it was to create maps, essentially, that define council districts for the next decade. And a lot went into that sort of consideration and a lot of questions of demographics, of sort of what we think of as assets, important civic institutions, money makers for the city, job creators, things like stadiums, universities, tourist destinations. And the goal is to create places that are equitable and reflect the nature of the voting age population within the city. The conversation reflects an intense frustration with how that process was going last year. And what's interesting to me is that this conversation, yeah, it exposed how politicians try to secure and consolidate power, but it was Latino politicians complaining that black politicians have too much power in Los Angeles and that white politicians are helping them basically push down Latinos. But Latinos are now the majority in Los Angeles County and the city of Los Angeles so what exactly were uh, Martinez, all, all four of them, complaining about? I want to read you a, a quote from the transcripts. They're talking about strategizing, about redistricting. I'm hoping that you guys can all figure this redistricting out because I just need you elected. Yeah. I just need you elected. And then they're fucking with you? Kevin DeLeon at one point goes, It's not us. It's not us. It's for Latino strength for the foreseeable future. It's for Latino strength for the foreseeable future. And I sort of thought that encapsulates what they were doing there. They were thinking about how to create areas of the city that will firmly entrench the political power that they had scratched and fought for over the last decades. That process comes at the expense of someone. And 
again, I, I don't think anyone takes issue with the idea that you're strategizing about politics and about a process like redistricting. It's the level of vitriol, uh, racism that accompanied it, and the way that they felt that this could only occur if it came at the expense of black populations in the city. And I think a lot of the anger you have seen today as a result of that as well. It's real simple. You got 100 people, right? 52 of them are Mexicanos. I feel pretty good about it. I feel pretty good about my chances of beating your ass. 25 are for black. And the 25 blacks are shouting. But they, they shout like they were 250. Yeah. When there's 100 of us, they're, they're right. like, it sounds like so 10 they, of us. But, but so how were Martinez, De Leon, and Cedillo then, and Herrera, for that matter, talking about taking advantage of redistricting? Yeah, they were very frustrated with the proposals for sort of taking economic assets like Van Nuys Airport or USC and how they were being pulled out of heavily Latino districts. So this one of these conversations, the one about Bonin's son, happened as they were discussing a fight that was being had last year between Marquise Harris Dawson and Kern Price, two black members of the city council. But Kern Price's district is heavily Latino. And they worried that the more that was taken out of that district and the more Price's district, which represents a lot of South LA along the 110, the more that district reached into downtown LA, it would come at the expense of Latinos and dilute their power. And this produced the vitriol and the coarse and racist discussion about Mike Bonin. And within this conversation more broadly, you heard a real sense that they wanted to hold on to power by any means necessary. Yeah, in the leaked conversation, there's all this talk about, quote, assets. So if you want to talk about Latino districts, what kind of districts are you trying to create? Because you're taking away our, our, our assets. So you're just going to create poor Latino districts with nothing? So what assets was Martinez talking about and what is that importance to them? The assets they were discussing were things like Sepulveda Basin, where there will be events for the Olympics held. And how important was that to stay in her district or the one next to her? The basin is the middle of the valley. Okay. That's between the 405 and the 101. That huge fucking piece of land. I'm working out a deal with the Rams. I'm working out a deal with LA 2028. 20, the mayor's involved. I just got off the phone with the, the, the owner of the Rams, Stan and Kevin on Friday. Um, and I'm watching all this shit, right? I'm like, or the airport, which Nuri said that Marquise Harris Dawson should go talk to her little bitch boy, Mike Bonin, about taking. And it's worth noting that Bonin is gay. So these comments about him being a little bitch boy or treating his son like a Louis Vuitton purse really are homophobic as well and offensive. Go take the airport from Bonin. Andale. You want to do that? I, I, this road. You have your commissioner put that shit out there. And again, we're seeing just this, you know, to quote our former president, locker room talk be used in the context of a real political fistfight. And it then escalates into this incredibly racist talk about people's kids or any number of other things. But the focus of this discussion was about creating districts that had things that benefited Latinos and benefited unions. Yeah, another big controversy that came out of this leaked audio was this entire conversation about Koreatown. So why were they talking about Koreatown and what did they say? To step back, Koreatown is one of the densest parts of the city. It has a huge number of voters 
And it's sort of split up in various different kind of weird ways. Nithya Raman, who was fighting at that time to ensure her Hollywood Hills district was not moved to the West Valley, really wanted to get Koreatown for her district. That's because Nithya has been a huge advocate for renters, and there are an immense number of renters in that community. And while Koreatown is named after a huge population of people in the city, Koreans, there also are a lot of Latinos who live there. And during this conversation, Martinez is quoted as saying, it serves us to not give her all of Koreatown. Because if you do, that solidifies her renter's district, and that is not a good thing for any of us. You have to keep her on the fence. They then sort of get into what is Koreatown, and it becomes this sort of catty and racist conversation about Oaxacans. Yeah, that's called Cape Town. Yeah, I see a lot of little short, dark people. Yeah, puro, puro Oaxacan. Puro Oaxacan Koreans. <laughs> Not even like Kevin, little ones. I was like, no, I don't know where you people are from. I was like, I don't know what village they came out of. They got here, but... And so they're wearing shoes. So, so, so one... I get what we have to do, right? Just massage to create districts that benefit you all. Yeah. Right? And the future. So you have three powerful Latino council members talking about how best to redraw districts in their favor and using anti-Black, anti-Indigenous comments and language in doing so. The racism is outrageous enough, but why do you think there's so much anger about all of this? Like the anger that I'm sensing is goes beyond just the racism. Totally. These are folks who have worked for decades to carve out political power in this city and create influence and wealth from it. And this process that they created, they pushed forward with redistricting commission, which was something that was relatively new, was threatening to undo that. And, you know, at one point, Kevin DeLeon says something like, we've created a Frankenstein with something we can't control. And again, like, these are the unvarnished thoughts of politicians being politicians. I think much of the anger, though, stems from this idea that this is a group of people who has not had a lot of representation. And that representation is finally coming. We have a, we have a Latino senator. We have a Latino member of the cabinet, who, a U.S. cabinet, who was a former state official here. We have a Latino city council president until Monday. This is new. This is a relatively new thing to see this much power for this population. They do not want to give that up. They want to see it grow, and they want to see the power of unions grow. So I think that's where a lot of that visceralness and emotion comes from. More after the break. Ben, Los Angeles, it's a city with a long history of racial tensions. This year, we marked the 30th anniversary of the L.A. riots. But what we heard from Martinez, Cedillo, De Leon, the whole conversation also with Herrera, how much of it is a reflection of where L.A. stands right now on race? I feel like you're in a better position to reflect on that (laughs) than I am, man. Take that question for yourself. I, I, I should answer it. Sure. I, you know, what strikes me the most is that there's, groups, individuals who have been fighting for so long to do black and brown unity and to try to get us past those like petty fights of the past and get us to a better place. And you see this, those people are so dispirited and frankly, so pissed off. 
But what what also strikes me though is just how unified the derision is against those folks. All of the, I mean, there's so many problems to deal with, but there is that hope that's like, wow, this is actually a moment where LA, instead of where people are trying to stoke those flames, maybe this is a way to say like, we're not with that anymore. I mean, I definitely see it with younger Latinos, you know, like Eunices who beat Gil Cedillo, who has been calling out anti-Blackness in the Latino community and that next generation. So it's like, I'm glad people are as angry as they are. I would add one thing that I picked up in this. I'm a relative newcomer to this city. I've lived here for like seven years. You're a Yankees fan. I'm a Yankees fan. You remind <laughs> me every time I come on this podcast. But during this recorded conversation, Kevin DeLeon keeps saying about Mike Bonin as they're saying these racist things about his kid. He's from Massachusetts. He's from Massachusetts. You know, Mike Bonin has lived here for decades. And he worked for tons of political leaders in California. There's also a measure of gatekeeping, I think, about California and what is LA and who represents it. And much of that, I think, stems from a well-founded feeling of being excluded for so long. But this is a city that is evolving and changing and new people showing up all the time. And I think that so much of this conversation that we hear is the most blunt discussion of how to preserve what people have gained. And, and that is something that I can't get past or like I just keep coming back to. And this conversation, it leaked just weeks before an important election, not just nationally, but especially in Los Angeles. So what are going to be any potential consequences for that? Oh, it's such a good question. I could see it cutting any number of different ways. Uh, let's just lay it out. You know, Karen Bass has been endorsed by Nuri Martinez, the entire labor movement, basically, of the city, with the exception of the police and fire unions. But Rick Caruso has been supported by Gil Cedillo. And very quickly on Sunday, we heard from Rick saying, this sums up what I've been saying about this city and how messed up and broken and screwed up the culture is of it. It's rotten to the core. And I, a billionaire mall owner of all things, am here to fix it. I think it could really end up fueling that anti-incumbent sense that we all hear on the streets, people mad about homelessness. At the same time, though, there's a world where a unifying voice, a person like Karen Bass, who is known as a creator of coalitions, yeah. could maybe be that sort of person who can take the temperature down and what people want right now. It should be stated that both Caruso and Bass on Monday called for all of these people to step down, but we're less than a month from election day. So, you know, I'll be interested to see, does Rick Caruso cut an ad that includes audio of Nuri Martinez along with a photo of her and Karen Bass? I'll be interested to see how Karen interacts with the Latino community. So I'm not sure yet where this goes. It's just, this was a Scud missile landing at City Hall and, and sending shrapnel in 88 different directions. Finally, Ben, whether or not these three council members step down over the leaked audio, the council, their colleagues are going to have to do a lot of work, turn back the trust and respect of basically everyone in Los Angeles. How lasting is the damage from this incident? Uh, God, I mean, very, very long lasting. I mean, we're going to have a new mayor. We're going to have a new city council president. We're going to have several new members of the city council. If these people step down, 
it could really change the sort of coalitions that exist left and right on the council. If we have a special election that needs to occur in these places, if these people do step down, it's like we don't even know who's going to be on the city council by the end of the week. I mean, there's real real anger. And I don't know that her simply stepping down as president placates that and fends it off. Ben, thank you so much for this conversation and for the work that you and our colleagues are doing. Thanks for having me, man. Good job. And that's it for this episode of The Times, essential news from the LA Times. Kasha Brasalian, Ashley Brown, and Kinsey Moreland were the jefas on this episode, and Mark Nieto mixed and mastered it. Our show is produced by Shannon Lynn, Denise Guerra, Kasha Brasalian, David Toledo, and Ashley Brown. Our editorial assistant is Madeline Amato. Our engineers are Mario Diaz, Mark Nieto, and Mike Heflin. Our editor is Kinsey Moreland. Our executive producers are Hasmina Aguilera, Shani Hilton, and Hiba Urbani. And our theme music is by Andrew Ethan. And hey, we're building a Dia de los Muertos audio altar this year and would love to include your memories of your loved ones. Call 619-800-0717 and leave us a voicemail with your own ofrendas. Tell us who you are, where you live, and then tell us a great story about a friend, a family member, someone dear to you who has passed on and joined the ancestors. We want to air an entire episode with those stories around Day of the Dead. Thanks in advance. And again, the number is 619-800-0717. I'm Gustavo Ariano. We'll be back Friday with all the news in this madre. Gracias.